Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. But I want to give you this word real quick. He's fine. You can, you can sit right on the altar if you want to. That's good. I want to give you this word. And Lord's willing, the next time we come together, I'll, I'll preach this word. Like I told you, I've been, I've been praying about studying and, and just really seeking God about the altar. And we're living in, in, a, in a generation where the altar is, many, in many churches, is, is something that has dust on it because it's never used. I was standing up here this morning praying and, uh, for different ones, and I kept looking at the floor. And, and on the floor, uh, tear stains were, uh, were splattering on the floor. And I said, God, you've got to be so pleased with that. That, that. that tear stains are splattering on the floor. Listen, the altar. This is what the Lord spoke to me uh, last week. And, and I, wanna, I want you to really hear this. The Lord spoke to me about the altar last week. And, and you know... If you know even a little bit about the Bible, the, the Bible is a, is a book about the altar. Everything that God does, he does through an altar. He does because somebody made a place for him and prayed and began to seek him and, and, and cry out to him. And it, it's an altar. Might not necessarily be this altar, but everybody, everything that God has done or will do, is, is a result of something that took place at an altar in somebody's life. And I, and I was reading, and, and there have been two words that have been spoken. As a matter of fact, last Sunday, there were two words that were spoken along the subject of the prophet of Elijah. Uh, Amber uh, was on vacation last week and uh, sent me a word uh, through text and said this is what the Lord spoke to me and it was about the altar and about Elijah am I right it was about the altar and uh, brother Pat preached last Sunday and he talked a little bit about uh, Elijah and he ta- talked a little bit about uh, the Mount Carmel experience and the altar and so as I began to study that I began to uh, look at that. And in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 30, uh, the Bible says that Elijah had come up to the mountain on Mount Carmel in the midst of 450 plus prophets of Baal. And, and you know the story. I'm not even going to go there. But after they had cut themselves and beat themselves and cried out to the God of Baal, to answer them, and he was silent. Or I I shouldn't say, no, he wasn't silent. There wasn't any sound because there is no Baal. There is no God of Baal. He didn't answer because he couldn't answer. 
Listen, it's a terrible thing to put pressure on a God that you've been serving to realize that he's not a God at all. But the Bible says after all that took place, that Elijah said to the people, he said, come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And in verse chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30, the Bible says, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. He repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. I want to say that again. He repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. That word thrown down or that statement thrown down lets us know that the prophets of Baal through the leadership of Jezebel had destroyed the altars in the nation. Why did they destroy the altars in the nation? Because the altars was the place where people were meeting and having encounters with Jehovah God. So if the enemy wants to do a work of of destruction in your life or to keep God from doing anything in your life, what he's going to do is he's going to throw down the altars of God. And he's going to destroy the altar. Because the altar is a place of encounter. It is a place of meeting God. So I read that and I said, wow. And everybody here, you you didn't say wow because you already knew that. Because you're smarter than me and, and you're more spiritual than I am. And so, but when I read that, I said, wow, the devil has destroyed the altars because he don't want people to have an encounter with God. But Elijah repaired the altar. (laughs) So I looked at that word repaired, and I want to give you the definition of it. I'm not going to preach. But I want to give you the definition of it. The word repaired, when Elijah repaired the altar, it means to mend by stitching. In other words, it means to cause to heal. It is the meaning of a physician that administers healing to a patient. To repair, to thoroughly make whole. The Hebrew word for repaired is rafa. You recognize it because we use the name Jehovah Rapha a lot. Because it is one of the covenant names of God. 
That means when I say Jehovah Rapha, I am saying God is my healer. A few weeks ago, I preached a message concerning Moses and the children of Israel that came out of Egypt, and they came to a place called Marah, and the water at Marah was bitter. It was undrinkable. But they were thirsty, but they could not drink the water. The Bible says that God spoke to Moses and said, Do this. Moses, get you a stick or some, uh, some limb and throw it in the water, which was a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ that would bring healing. And God spoke to Moses and he said this. He said, I am the God that healeth you of all of your diseases. I am Jehovah Rapha. This is what the Lord spoke to my heart. When Elijah repaired the altar on Mount Carmel, it became a pinpointed area. You know a GPS? You can pin a certain area. You hit it and it pins that area. And that GPS doesn't forget it. Everything about that journey is going to revolve around what you pinned on the GPS. So when, when Elijah repaired the altar, that was a pin for heaven. Because God said, up until the time that the altar is repaired, I cannot come and do what I want to do. Because everything that I do comes through an altar. When I want to bring healing, it comes through the altar. You've got to repair the altar. And God was saying to Elijah, I am Jehovah Rapha, repair the altar. I am Jehovah Rapha, fix the altar. I am, I am the altar that needs repairing. So this is what I believe that God is saying. The Lord spoke to me and he said, when you find broken altars, son, you will always find broken people. Where there are broken altars, there are always broken people. Where there are broken altars, there will always be broken families. Where there are broken altars, there will always be broken children. Because everything that God does happens through the altar. What we don't recognize or what we haven't recognized until now is that when, Jeho when Elijah repaired the altar on Mount Carmel, he put the name of God there. I am Jehovah Rapha. Can I tell you? I ain't going to preach. I ain't going to preach. But can I tell you this? When you repair the altar in your house, 
this is something else the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, he said, the altar in my house will be filled when the altar in your house is repaired. Now catch this. If you look at that story with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, there was no healing that we would notice that took place. But what took place was the judgment of God came against the demonic powers that had been controlling the nation of Israel. God dealt with the, the demonic powers that had been controlling the nation of Israel. When God dealt with the demonic powers that had been in control, healing came to the people. That's, that's not even in that story. We don't even see that in that story. What we see is that the sword of Elijah brought judgment against the prophets of Baal and they were slain on top of the mountain, which is a picture of the power of God after the altar is repaired, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha comes in and destroys the demonic powers and brings judgment against them. And as a result of that, there's no more dom domination of, of demons over people's lives. And the healing of Jehovah Rapha began to flow. So we're going to close with that. I saw, I hear, I hear, I heard somebody say, yeah, really, Pastor. Go ahead and stand with me, please. So I want, I want to leave you with this. I think it's in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Or there's, there's a there's a four word statement that says we have an altar. We have an altar. I want to challenge you this morning. Listen, you can you can pray, and the Bible says pray without ceasing. In other words, that means pray all during the day. And, but I have people tell me all the time, well, you know, Pastor, I don't have time to do this, so, so my, my uh, five-minute drive from the house to my job is my prayer time. And, and God said, if you don't stop that, I'm going to put you an hour away from the house with your job so you, I can have some communication. <laughs> no, nah, God didn't say that. I, I said that. But listen, listen. Those, that's good. That's, that's good. But if you go, if you look in the Word of God, the altar was a place that was an established deal. It was an established place that had been intentionally built by the one who worshipped at the altar. And so 
what I'm saying is this. I challenge you. I challenge you this morning. Establish an altar in your life. Listen, if you have to get up 15 minutes earlier and kneel down by your bed, then make that a place that you meet God on a consistent basis. You say, Pastor, I don't know what to say. It ain't up to knowing what to say. It's about meeting God. It's about establishing a time and a place that God says, I almost forgot your name, Sister Deborah. God said to the angel beside him, you see, Deborah, it's five o'clock earth time. There she is again. She was there yesterday, same time, same place, same prayer. As a matter of fact, God said, and look back, she was there a month ago. Listen, that established time and place, I think I said this last week, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the, the landing strip, I've landed, we're about to deplane. I said this last week, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. The Bible says that God came down at the cool of the day, but he couldn't find Adam and Eve. Could it be that God had been coming down every day at the cool of the day to commune with Adam and Eve? I mean, why did the Bible say he came down at the cool of the day? He could have said he just came down. But the Bible specifically said he came down at a certain time, at the cool of the day. So why, is it, why did it say that? I believe that the reason he said that was that it was perhaps a certain time every day that God would come down and walk in the garden and he and Adam would commune. Make that time for God. I challenge you. I'm, I'm, I'm issuing you a challenge. Make that time for God. I'm going to take it one step further. 